0: Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex ends it straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov makes an He scores! Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plakins.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. I'm your host for the day, Jamison Olive, and today I'm joined by Pete Rossi, Florida Panthers correspondent, and we have bad news off the bat. It is that Doug Pliggins cannot be with us today. He's on the road. We had some technical difficulties. It's a dark day for Territory Talk. A, a, a bright light in the sky has gone out, but uh, the good news is Doug will be back a little bit later when we interview Mike Matheson, a pre-recorded interview we had, so you'll get your little, your, your little taste of Doug then, but Pete, just your thoughts on that. Uh, not having Doug today, uh, you know, it's
2: it's 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 difficult because you, you think in this day and age, in 2018, you sh- you should be able to. To to figure something out when it comes to technology, but uh, I feel like we're we're Mount Rushmore and, and one of the faces just fell off. I mean we're 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 one short and but uh, we're gonna hopefully bring you guys the latest and greatest Panthers news and uh, we will be joined by Doug next episode. Hopefully he's sitting nice and cozy in his hotel room in Columbus and uh, he'll tune in as well.
1: And if you really need a Doug fix, feel free to text me or DM me. I will give you Doug's phone number. You can just give him a call on the road. I'm sure he'd love to chat. But uh, obviously it's it's a dark day for Territory Talk, but a really good day for the Florida Panthers, who came off a big win, 7-2 win in uh, Ottawa last night, declined within one point of the New Jersey Devils for a playoff spot. Thank you, San Jose Sharks, for helping us out there. Uh, Panthers now have two games in hand on the Devils, and the playoff push is really thing up. I mean, there's 11 games left, five at home. And speaking of five games at home, the hunt continues for the uh, playoffs for the Florida Panthers, as you can catch all the action at the BB&T Center with the exclusive Panthers playoff hunt four-pack. Like I said before, only five games left, so you're running out of time to get this offer. You can build your own four-game pack and save 44% off single-game pricing. To learn more, visit floridapanthers.com slash playoff hunt. So, Pete, a little bit about this playoff hunt. Like we said, there's 11 games left. All huge games, but before we get into the actual games themselves, looking at the schedules, looking at the potential wins, the potential losses, the Panthers have had a lot of heroes lately. Obviously, they had seven goal scorers in Ottawa. A lot of guys got points. Who do you going to see being the hero down the stretch, the one guy that maybe you can say that's the guy that's going to get us there, or maybe multiple guys, a few guys, just who, your thoughts?
2: Well, I think initially off the bat, as you Basically, just said we had the the Panthers had seven different goal scores last night, and that second secondary death scoring is what the Panthers are gonna have to rely on down the stretch here. In terms of heroes, you're going to look to the usual suspects. Alexander Barkov, Vincent Trocek, Jonathan Huberto. Those are the main guys who you're going to depend on on a nightly basis. If you have some forwards who, who aren't up to snuff that night, you're going to look to those guys to really take the charge. But other than the usual suspects, um, you really got to look to uh, the secondary scoring. Jimmy McGinn chipped in a goal last night. He's got 10 goals now in the season. He was brought in to be a secondary guy, uh, you know, play a bottom six role, but at the same time chip in offense when need be. Frank Vetrano has been great since he's been brought in by the um, by, you know uh, by Dell Talon. He's chipped in a couple of goals and and that's his game. He couldn't find um a spot on the Boston Bruins, so you know we're taking good Dale care of him. We're good care we'll of him. take him off your hands. And, and now that he's healthy, he's been chipping some timely goals for the Panthers. Uh, and I think um, he's found a nice spot on that third line with Jamie McGinn and uh, Jared McCann, uh, who also, all that's line last night. Everybody had a goal uh, on that line. So yeah, the
1: Panthers' first and third line, every, every one of those guys had so, a goal.
2: And Dennis Mulgan, you know, now that he seems to be back in his usual spot on that second line with Hubertot and Trochek. So, um, you know, again, secondary scoring is going to be big. Uh, special teams are going to be huge. Probably Playing PK. Um, but again, usual suspects when you think about it. But uh, I mean, you, you talk about usual suspects. How can you not mention Roberto Luongo and, and James Reimer?
1: I'm just going to say right now, you're kind of ruining the game because I asked you for a couple names, and suddenly the entire team is going to be the hero. Well, the- well, you but know like what? It's, personality. It's, it's
2: When you think about it, and you, when you think about what the Panthers are going to have to do and against the teams they're going to have to do it, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation uh, from, the goalie, from the goalie out. Uh, no matter who's in net, whether it be Roberto Luongo or James Reimer, and, and uh, you know we had a conference call earlier with Coach Bugner, and he said uh, Roberto Luongo is going to be his go-to guy down the stretch here. Uh, it's, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation then and, and you know the panthers the Panthers can't really have uh you know can't afford uh, to take any nights off we can't have any guys uh you know can afford any nights to take guys you know take nights off and you know even have a guy like waiting in the wings like Maxine Mammon um you know we've we've seen him uh slot in a couple of times here down the stretch and and,
1: and um, did say today that Mammon will get back in the lineup obviously
2: yeah. so you know you gotta have even if you're not in the lineup you know the, the Panthers have a, have a good chunk of guys who uh, have been healthy scratches uh, if any of those guys get uh called in uh, they got to be ready to go. Um, I know Panthers fans can certainly remember earlier in the season when uh, I believe it was Jamie McGinn was a late uh, late game scratch. Or their Panthers. Um, ace that's Jamie McGinn. And um, that's right. The voice of the Florida Panthers, uh, Andrew Ember, um, one of the best in the biz. But uh, I digress. Back to uh, back to the topic at hand, though. Um, I believe it was Jamie McGinn uh, was a late game scratch, and, and Connor Brickley had to suit up. Uh, didn't take warm ups. He suited up right away, and he wound up scoring a huge goal in that game. Uh, against the Minnesota Wild, So, you know, whether you're a healthy scratch for this team, whether, uh, you know, you're a top six forward, you're a bottom six forward, it, it's all hands on deck uh, for the Panthers right now. And um, and everybody's just going to be able to bring
1: their A game. So once again, you're saying everyone is going to be the hero, all hands on deck. We're talking about ships. The bandwagons has become a, a pirate ship, all hands on deck. Um, I'm going to cut it down a little bit. Um, so I'm playing devil's advocate, but you... Play spoil to my argument. Okay, so obviously we talked about the goaltending, which has been huge. James Reimer obviously allowed three goals over his last three starts. The Panthers have a couple back-to-backs left. I believe they have three left. So he's obviously going to get at least three starts down the stretch. But the the rest is probably going to be Roberto Luongo, which I'm fine with. He's had one or two rocky games since he's been back. But other than that, he's been not only great, he's been outstanding. He's been some of the best uh, performances of his career. But the thing about that is they're not going to have to do too much work. Because the Panthers' top line has been playing so well, I mean, uh, the other just the other day, Bob Bugner said, I-, "I think we're, I- I'm pretty much, I know we're going to get at least probably three goals a night because of how well the offense as a whole been playing, but mainly that top line because ever since Evgeny Dadonov, Nick Buchan, and Alexander Barkov came together, it's been amazing. I mean, th- those three guys in the 25 games they played together, 80 points, 30 goals." That, that's just incredible. Both Dadanov and Barkov are over a point per game in, in that span. Bukes has a point or two under that. But they're they're the engine for the Panthers right now. And if you add in two other guys, if you add in Aaron Eckblad and Keith Yandel, those five guys, that's Voltron for the Florida Panthers. That is, that is exactly what you need. Those guys are just as a unit. That's amazing. And I'm sorry if I'm dating myself with an 80s, an 80s <laughs> reference, but th- that's true. And the thing about that is, I mean, that's that's the star five guys you're going to have on the ice at the end of a game when you need to score a goal. Because let's be honest, the Panthers are going to be in some tight games down the stretch. They're not all going to be blowouts like the, like the other night in Ottawa. So those, those guys, that kind of five-man unit, the heart of the Panthers, I think that's going to come really big. Obviously, like I said, the goaltending's going to be huge. But if those guys do their job, the goaltending's not going to have to do much. And just to
2: make a quick note as, as to what you alluded to, with the Panthers' newly formed first line with uh, Barkov. It's not quite newly uh, anymore. It's not, it, but yeah, it's now, but... but um, it feels new because it's doing so... It's it um, so refreshing it's, every time. With two of those players on that line, coming into this season, it was about tempering expectations. You have Evgeti Dadanov coming back from the KHL. Nobody knows if he can re-acclimate back to the NHL style of game. You have Nick dad who is coming off a couple of seasons that were hampered by injuries. Is he a player that can really step up to that first line and be able to play with a player like Barkov and, and a, a guy like Getty Daninov? And once Bob Bugner put the three of them together, I'm pretty much sure every Panthers fan out there um, who was critical of the moves said to themselves, you know what, Nick Bukestad is looking pretty nice on that first line. And talking with Bob Bugner earlier today on, on a, the conference call that he had, he said that Nick Bukestad has found his spot on this team. He is the guy who's going to go get the puck in the corner and feed it over to a guy like Alexander Barkov, who will then feed it over to a guy like Evgeny Daninov, being unselfish as he is. Um to try and get the shot on goal. But we've seen Nick Bukestad. He's now more comfortable in playing with his strengths of his game, which are his speed and the size of his body. He's a big boy. He he's, he's a very big boy. He That's what he did so well at college. He shielded the puck. He was great at getting to the front of the net, protecting the puck, and getting a shot on goal. And he has a great shot. And he just needs to find himself in better positions to be able to use it. And
1: let's not forget, Bukes has 17 goals this season, none on the power play. So that that's very abnormal. If he even chips in, you know, three or four on the power play, suddenly Nick Bukes has a 20-goal scorer. And like you said, he, he's been great, and that whole line's been great. And if you look at one goal from last night, if you look at him getting goal, obviously this isn't a visual median, so we're counting on you to minimize this, open up another window. Check the highlights the on FloridaPanthers.com. Exactly. <laughs> um, Bukes had fishes the puck out along the boards, beats two guys to get it, kicks it to Barco, who kicks it across ice to to Dadunov for the goal. And that's the kind of thing. Bukes has the muscle. Don't get me wrong. Barky's Bar- Bar- a big guy, but Bugie's is really good at winning these board battles now. Just had a new career high in points, which is great. And we, we, we talked about Evgeny Dadunov, and he's right up there with Alexander Radulov, I think, as the two best new off-season additions, free agent signings for teams this season. Uh, obviously, Radulov came at a much higher price tag, which obviously... Dad and I might be the better bang for the bargain in that case, but uh, 20 multi-point games, leave the Panthers with six game-winning goals. I don't know how this guy ever had a 19-game goal drought, but he did, because he's just been incredible. He, he's the speediest guy on the Panthers. He gets, it seems like, 15 breakaways a game. Luckily, he, luckily he's starting to bury quite a few of them, uh, but that top line, every guy is clicking right now, and it's amazing that we can talk about these guys and go through this whole episode without talking about guys like Jonathan Hubert, Vincent Trocek, guys that in some some ways are a little bit secondary to the, those other guys, but also, you know, mid-60 points this season. So, there are so many stars right now in the Florida Panthers. I think this is probably, without a doubt, the most talent the Florida Panthers have ever had. Obviously, they used to have guys in the past like a Pavel Burry or a John Van Beesbrook, but those were you know, bright stars uh, surrounded by guys that might maybe, maybe weren't even approaching that level. The, the Panthers have so many potential all-stars, so much potential on this team, and uh, a fan retweeted one of my old tweets from two years ago today of me from Yarma Yager saying, you know, I can't wait to see this team in three years. They're going to be scary. And Let's be honest, the Panthers are a scary team right now because I definitely think these Panthers during this stretch are the real Panthers. The beginning of the season, Panthers, they were adjusting new systems, new coach, everything. These are the real Florida Panthers. This isn't a fluke. You don't win this many games out of this many games and be this hot down the home stretch without being actually this good. But one guy who we haven't mentioned, uh, Mike Matheson, defenseman, uh, in his second full season with the Panthers, already set new career eyes and everything. Uh, on, like you said, on the phone today, Bob Bugner really complimented his improved play this season. And luckily, uh, using our, our, our unlimited resources here in bb Center, we were able to get him uh, sit down with them recently doug plugins and i before the team hit the road and uh, it
0: was just a really great chat that i hope you enjoy I want to thank mike matheson for being here with us today on the third installment of territory talk mike great to have you here thanks for joining us today
3: thanks for having me
0: and uh, we got to ask you first i mean uh, with each passing game i mean the the two points getting that much more important how do you stay in the in the playoff mindset here as we, we go down the stretch
3: I think it's pretty easy to, um, you know, we're all competitive people and we've worked hard this season to to put ourselves in a situation um, where we are fighting for a playoff spot, um, and so the the uh, the fact that we we are close, not quite there, is is definitely motivating.
0: And help being in a situation where you're you're in a situation where you can just uh, take care of your own business, and you know you guys can get there. You don't need to worry about scenarios. You don't need to really
3: scoreboard watch too much. If you guys know that uh, it's right there, if you guys go out and, and take care of it. Yeah, definitely. It's always nice to have a couple of games in hand, but. Um, the thing of it is that uh, those aren't wins in hand. Um, and so you need to make sure that those, you know, we have, uh, I think, two games in hand on Jersey and you need to, Really make sure that you're matching what they're doing for the rest of the games and then obviously winning those two in hand. And talking
0: about uh, the stretch run, heavy dose of the Boston Bruins, you guys are still going to see them uh, three more times. Had the, the game uh, against them uh, that you won 3-0, the, the first chapter of this, uh, I guess, mini playoff series heading down the stretch. How big was it to get that that first win against Boston?
3: I think that was huge. They're They're a great team. They've had a really successful season. Um, they've been able to string together a lot of winning streaks and um, and so I think that um, it's going to be really important to, to do well against them coming down the stretch thinking of Trying to get as many points as you can, um, and when you think of the fact that it's a mini playoff series too, um, coming down the last few weeks of the season, it's a good preparation for the playoffs themselves.
1: And a big moment for you in that game, that first game against Boston, was I mean, we looked at hockey fights, we looked all over. I believe that was your first NHL fight. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. And you don't you, you came from college where there is no fighting. Do you? When was your last hockey fight, if if, if ever?
3: I've never had one. That was my first one. Uh, the only other opportunity. I guess I could have had would have been in the USHL, um, but I never did there. So. And, and Bob's talked a lot about that mentality for the team this year. The Panthers lead the league
1: in fights, but they're all fights with a purpose. They're all you stepping up for guys, things like that. There's been a lot of non-fighters fighting this year yourself. Jared McCann, Nick Bukestad, guys like that. But So when you saw Trocek take that hit, there's always that kind of pause before you kind of drop the gloves. I mean, what what kind of triggers in your head that makes you say, okay, I'm going for it, especially for a guy that has never fought yeah. before?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there was really that much of a pause. I think there's been a couple opportunities um throughout my first two years where things like that have happened and I haven't necessarily um stepped in and so um I, I think that it it caused me to to have a bit of a consciousness about that and, and know that if that sort of situation arise that I would want to do something and a really unique thing came from that you ended up with 17
1: penalty minutes well worth it though we're all (laughs) all behind you on that one that was was a good time to step in but usually when a guy gets that many penalty minutes it's because they got a game misconduct or something they're usually out of the game but you had to spend all 17 minutes in the penalty box Mm -hmm. in the middle of a game what was kind of going through your head just watching from the box for that long how did you stay loose how did you how did you keep your body fresh just kind of take us through that a little bit
3: yeah I mean I've never been in the penalty box for that long that's for sure um it was uh it was tough to to stay stay in it just because i mean by the time i got out of the penalty box i I wasn't sweating at all it was completely dry and uh and cold and and so um the last couple of shifts of the second period were a little interesting to try to get back into it get my legs going a little bit um and then in the intermission i just tried to jump on the bike Get back into it. But we
0: talk about guys stepping up for each other, though. It seems like one of the areas with this team, and it's it hasn't just been here during this push for a playoff spot. It's been all season long. You've seen a willingness for guys to really step up for one another. Has it, Was there anything over the course of the year that really really brought this team together? Was it a
3: pretty tight-knit group right out of the gate this year? Yeah, I think it was right out of the gate. Um, you could tell that when everyone showed up, for the most part, um, everyone was kind of coming back for their second, third, or Or even more um years here with with the panthers, and so we know each other really well, and we get along really well um You can tell just when we're on the road there aren't many um times where, where guys are going off and doing their own things It's always big groups that are doing um doing things together um and so that that just rubs off on on people being willing to step up for each other and and do those sorts of things because we carry but we care about each other and um and and we want to be able to to have a successful season together. You, you talk about doing things together. You've been here for this is your second full season.
1: Fans still don't know a ton a ton about you. Uh, just <laughs> kind of what what do you do when you're off time? What's a Mike Matheson weekend like? And uh, kind of who on the team do you hang out with the most?
3: Yeah, well, I I mean, I guess that's probably why uh, because I. I like to fly under the radar a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I'm not really the spotlight type of person. Um, so I like to take it easy and and relax. Um, I mean we don't get many days off here. Uh, we've had a few more um in the last little while than we have the the at the beginning of the season. It seemed like every every single time we had a day off it was on the road. Um, but so uh, I think that um when we do get a day off here I, I try to relax do a bit of work around the house and sounds kind of boring but uh, I find it common and relaxing what, I mean sense. I don't know I, I, to me this is exciting I am very know but
1: what, what's the work around the house what's like are you, are you cleaning up are you swiffering are yeah
3: are you, yeah all that stuff I mean doing the laundry uh, <laughs> sweeping up cleaning up uh, around the house and uh, do a bit of painting every once in a while. Painting? Really? Yeah. Like house
1: painting or like Yeah, painting? house painting? Yeah. Not,
3: not anything artistic. Did you, sure. did you, did you buy a place down here? You, yeah, yeah. I bought a, bought a place in Fort Lauderdale close to all the guys. And so, um, you know, Petro and Eck and I always have our, our little activities that we get into. It seems like we always go through like, uh, a two week phase where we do something all day every day what's like the most recent like activity um, uh, most recent is probably um, playing ping pong at X oh. X house any who, who's the best in that category Uh, I'd have to say X which I really don't want well, he owns say, the table but it's his yeah, house exactly. he probably plays more exactly it's it's unfair. Well,
0: and going back to when we had the, remember when we, the whole group went out and played curling, uh, or, or I should just, the whole group went curling yeah, in yeah. Calgary. And uh, and I remember early on, uh, you know, Dave Courtney, our web producer, and I were doing a little little video feature on the whole event, and I remember one of the first guys we talked to was Roberto Luongo, and I asked him, "Who do you, who's going to turn some heads out here? Who do you expect big things from? And he said, you. He said, probably Maddie because he's good at everything. If you didn't play hockey, is there another sport that would have been the, i guess next up for you
3: uh well i'd say that uh maybe football i played football for a few years when i was younger and what position uh, i was a running back um love playing football um and so that's that's maybe something i'd do that or golf i love playing golf and obviously you can't beat not having to go back and get a puck and get hit into the boards and it's a, it's a bit of a calmer sport in that you, sense. You talk about golf, I know, the winners probably killed us a little bit, but I know for a while you guys were
1: playing a lot of, a lot of mini golf on the road. Were you in on that? Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah. Who, who how how that kinda of get set up and what do you kind of enjoy about the, the, the road mini golf? Do you guys keep yeah, I mean, an overarching
3: score or was it just game, like, game by game? game by game, yeah. We sometimes we do uh we still do it. Um, and sometimes we do just every man for themselves, sometimes we split up and and do uh uh, groups of two and kind of combined score average score does um, it get pretty heated? oh yeah anything <laughs> anything we do gets heated though it's pretty embarrassing sometimes how heated it gets even when it's the most trivial things what's the is there a trophy is there a, a green jacket that you've purchased that gets handed out is there some kind of award? no I mean there's there's usually some sort of wager involved um, and then other than that it's, it's really just pride and, and we like I think that's the biggest, biggest win that you can get. And you talk about golf. Obviously, it's a huge year-round thing down here in Florida.
1: You're not going to be here for the next eight years. Is there any other Florida things you're getting into maybe? Do you go to the beach a lot? You're fishing. Fishing. Yeah, I mean, boarding's
3: a little dangerous, I know. Anything, anything like that? Yeah, well, it's it's tough during the season to do anything basically in the sun for me. Mm-hmm Um, because I find it just drains me Um, and so I I I try to stay out of the Sun as much as I can especially during the season unless we you know have uh, a bye week or or something like that where you can spend a couple days in the Sun and then recover and so for, for the most part, uh, I'm doing a lot of just relaxing, like I said, uh, and, and hanging out with the guys. Um, are you a reader? You, uh, you strike me as a reader. No, no? actually, I, I don't have the patience for it. No? Um, yeah, I, I can't sit down and just read. It's one thing that I've never been able to do. Are um, you a Netflix guy, like a TV binger? Is, yeah. Is, are you really I just enjoy it. your little tasks? Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, I think that the, uh, the coolest thing that I'd like to do at some point is by a boat and, and be able to um just cruise around um the inner in Fort Lauderdale. With a lot of guys and, got boats. Do you go on Pugie's boat ever or anyone else Yeah, ever? I've been on his uh, a couple times and um and so I, I think that um that would be a best case scenario is just to spend an evening kind of cruising around go to dinner or something like that you talked about the
1: sun and how it's difficult for you i'm a fair-skinned person just like <laughs> you i've been down to florida for a lot the sun can be the enemy like you said sometimes <laughs> you've been here for I like, guess a little bit over two years now do you have any good sunburn stories
3: uh not really i i i you know i i sunscreen up and my girlfriend always gets mad at me because i never want to go in the sun because <laughs> um, i just i know i'll get burnt um and so i i stay out of it um pretty much all the time even when i do though in the summer and stuff like that i i usually get a bit of a burn but then it turns into a tan <laughs> which is surprising because of red hair but um, i guess i'm one of the lucky few <laughs> it's still been kind of an ad- adaptive thing coming down to florida where it is yeah all the time. yeah definitely um you know i coming from up north i find it Uh, ridiculously hot here all the time. (laughs) So I have a hard time going outside if it's not on the water. And speaking up north, now you're heading back up north on this road trip uh, back to Montreal. Does that ever get old for
1: you yet, or when you go home, or is it still just great to go home every time and kind of get your fans and family in the stands and things like
3: that? Yeah, that that part of it is is great. I, I think that any. Uh, anytime we're able to I mean for any player going home and and being able to play in the building that they grew up um, uh, watching games in and and kind of reminiscing in in that part of of your life where um, all this was still just a dream and and you really never knew if it would be um, a possibility to to make the NHL and and to have the life that that we have Um, and so I, I think that anytime we get to go to Montreal it's It's a lot of fun and and I always um, enjoy being able to play in front of my family and uh, obviously against the Habs because they were my team growing up. And I know any any time we
0: go up to Montreal or when the Canadians come down here, you do the uh, you do interviews with the with the French media in <laughs> French. You you learn French right as a as a youngster, right?
3: Yeah, my uh, parents sent uh, myself, my brother, and sister all to French elementary school, so um, it was fully French. We, we weren't allowed to speak English. We did math in French. We did uh, science in French. Everything, and so um it's uh I had a hard time French, with science and English <laughs> <laughs> my uh my French is uh getting a little rusty um you know when when I'm down here I don't speak it at all when I go home for the summer I, I speak it um a lot more and so I kind of get it back it's like when Hubie comes for training camp he can barely speak English so, you don't pra-
1: you don't practice Hubie during the year
3: you guys we try it? to a little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, we don't want people to think that we're talking about them so <laughs> we stick to english a lot that's an amazing
0: amazing skill though and then uh, i guess a, a last thing to to bring up here you, you're going to be in florida here for a long time you've seen we've talked about this team banding together but to be a part of a, a young group of guys that continues to have a lot of these experiences and, and grow together i mean how much fun is that when you look at uh, guys like like yourself and you go right down the list barkov bukestad trochek a lot of guys who are set to be here ekblad uh, yandel guys like that that are set to be here for
3: for years to come how cool is it to be uh, be a part of this group moving forward it's really cool i think that you were you uh you look at any team that has had uh, a lot of success in, in the last little while um you know they always have that core group that um seems like they've been together forever and and that when you play them they just know where each other are all the time and and that makes it so hard to play against and so that um, it's exciting to, to look down the line like you said and, and name all those guys that are going to be here for I think a, another six years at least um, and so you, you think this is the success that we're having now we're, we're getting to a, a place where we're uh, fighting for the playoffs now um, and so you hope that that means by the time you get to the end of those six years yeah. that things are going to be pretty exciting if, if not earlier than that. Mike
0: Matheson, our guest here on the third installment of Territory Talk. Mike, thanks so much for, for sitting down <laughs> with us are. today.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Once again, a big thanks to Mike Matheson for joining us. Uh, obviously, uh, a guy, like he said, that likes to fly under the radar a little bit, so it's nice to get him on this show, kind of get him out of his show a little bit, learn a little bit about him. Uh, who knew that he loved to paint houses? Uh, that, that's very big. Maybe uh, maybe he's got a little architecture house painting in his future. Who knows? But uh, the good thing is he's going to be with the Panthers for a long time. Uh, eight-year deal, longest deal on the Panthers. I think a real good signing. Uh, just your thoughts on, on Matheson, Pete.
2: I you know when you look at a player like Mike Matheson I think you, you look at a guy who's starting to come into his own he's starting to realize his role on this team and and he's starting to be comfortable with his talent level um on a nightly basis he's one of the best skaters the Panthers have um he can carry the puck up ice he likes to join the rush um but he's not a guy who who does it at the, times that are going to be detrimental for the betterment of the team he knows when to pinch he knows when to r- rush the puck up um, and he's found a pretty solid comfortable pairing uh, on that second line with Mark Bessick um, and as you said uh, you know he was a guy that uh, decided to maybe take a little less money to stay here because he believes in what the Panthers are doing he loves South Florida um, he doesn't
1: love the sun that we learned
2: which no is, which is hard, I didn't know that I didn't hard. even know that
1: uh, yeah, I, it, we learned in that interview that he's not a big fan of the Sun, oh. which is amazing that he's taken that sacrifice yeah, and committing eight years to the Sunshine State. Right. So uh, that, that's big on Mike Matheson. But uh, like we talked about, he'll be one of many guys down the stretch that's going to play a big role for the Panthers. He already plays big minutes, comes up with some big goals, had a couple OT winners this year. But now that we're looking ahead to the schedule a little bit here, like I said, the Panthers have 11 games left, only five left at home. W- Pete, what do you think? How many points do the Panthers need to make this happen?
2: Well, I mean, you look at what the Panthers did um, during the the recent stretch of home games. They had a six-game homestand, uh, a couple of games on the road, and then they had a five-game homestand after that. And the record spoke for itself. They beat some top teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they beat some teams that they needed to beat, and uh, maybe some games didn't happen to go the way that they wanted them to go. Uh, out of these last five home games, though, at home, I really think you need to keep the home cooking going at, at BB&T Center. You need to at least get three wins out of those five games because some of the teams you're going to be facing are, are teams that the Panthers should get wins against. Granted, it's you know a Carolina Hurricanes team um, that mm, probably not going to make the playoffs, but again, those are the teams that are the most dangerous. They got nothing to lose. They're going to go out there and they're going to play sixty minutes. You have the Nashville Predators coming to town, who a lot of people are picking to go back to the Eastern Con- uh, back to the Stanley Cup out of the Western Conference. So again, it's going to take um, all hands on deck situation, as I alluded to before. <laughs> Where's the uh, ship that
1: everyone's piling up on? It's a
2: big ship. It's you know, it's we have Fort Lauderdale. It's right down the road from us. So um, I think you got to at least get three wins out of those five at home, and and then because you look at those final eleven games, only the Bruins, Maple Leafs, Predators, and Blue Jacks have winning records. Um, and you look at the Bruins, that's a team the, the Panthers play multiple times during that stretch. Um, the Panthers have fared
1: well against Maple Leafs this year. Um, well, that's the thing now. The Panthers, I think they can beat any of these teams. Obviously, there's some games that win, should win more than others. But I think the Panthers, obviously, there's no, not one of these games I'm looking at and saying that's a loss. There's, there's some that are going to be more difficult Correct. than others, but Correct. none of them I'm saying are, you know, get that out of there. Because, I mean, I looked ahead at the numbers. If the Panthers go 5-5 five, five, and one in these last 11 games, they get 92 points, which, given their benefit right now in regulation wins, which is huge for a tiebreaker, I think that could be enough. Obviously, if they get six wins instead of five, I think that's pretty much a guarantee. So, like you said, just looking ahead... At the schedule, the Panthers a couple games I think are you know shouldn't lose no matter what are Arizona, Islanders, Ottawa, Carolina, and Buffalo. The problem is it's hockey; they're probably going to drop one of those games, and we're all going to be left scratching our heads. But the tougher teams they play: Columbus, Toronto, Nashville, and Boston three times. You know what? It's, once again, it's hockey; they're probably going to win one of those games. So I think the Panthers, you know, looking ahead, they already control their own destiny with the games in hand. Like we said, two games in hand on the Devils with one point back. Um, I think I think they're still in a really good spot and like we said the Boston three times luckily one of those games is that makeup game from earlier in the season that was uh, rescheduled due to the uh, blizzard up in Boston that's gonna be a game where you know Boston's probably not playing for anything might rest a couple guys especially with all the injuries that they've been dealing with so that might that game might suddenly become a must a should win game rather than a tough game so I think the Panthers looking ahead no reason they shouldn't make the playoffs this team's confident they're pushing forward this isn't a fluke the Panthers aren't sneaking in if they do make the playoffs they're charging in and and they're a team that even as an eighth seed, I could see going all the way. Because once again, it's hockey. Things happen. And i am just really been impressed so far with this stretch. And I think the Panthers not only will make the playoffs, but deserve to make the playoffs with how they've been playing.
2: If anything, this run is is doing uh, to, to people around the Panthers, to fans of the Panthers, it's getting you excited. Because a lot of the guys that the Panthers have on this current team, they're locked up long term. A lot of these guys are going to be back next year. Uh, Coach Bugner. um, And his staff, they'll be back next year. The systems will already be in place. So it's time for these players, even if they don't make the playoffs, they say to themselves, take the summer, we'll rest up, we come back, we're just going to take off right where we left off. Everybody is going to be in place to do what they're doing now. And as you said, you'd rather be charging into a playoff spot than being a team like the Devils who – has the pres- pressure on them? And can we all agree? Could drop obviously, out. they're
1: chasing the, the the Blue Jackets, the Flyers, the Devils. Do we both agree that probably the Devils they're going to be the knockout? I would say out of those three, it's it's most likely the Devils are the guys who's they're on heels. They're they're I mean, the, the Devils most. play for the next five against playoff teams. They have um, a really tough stretch.
2: But again, you also need to be careful because if Columbus keeps winning, the Flyers drop down into that first wild card spot. But then and then it comes down to the Flyers and the Penguins contending for that first wild card spot. If the Blue Jackets bump up to the second spot in the Metro, then you're looking at Flyers see, and now Penguins. Now are too far
1: ahead, I think. You see,
2: but it, it, but then you, you know, if it comes down to if the Flyers and Penguins then are fighting for third place and the Flyers get third in the Metro, then the Penguins drop down. So there's another team the Panthers need to worry about chasing. I'm not the, taking a no now. You lost me. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like uh, – Alan in Hangover, when he has all the numbers flying around his head when he's in the casino. Um, so let's just go yes or no with the Panthers making it. It's a lot of stuff if the way things go they, that way they have been going, I can see the Panthers getting that final spot. And uh, I think that's the that's the matchup that everybody's going to be waiting for. Um, if the Panthers wind up playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, the all Florida first round, I know a lot of people have been chomping at the bit. And hey, the way the Panthers have played Tampa Bay in these regular season games, honestly, that's a series, I could, it could go either way. I'm fully comfortable in saying that that series could go either way. And we've seen shocking things happen in the playoffs before. Um, we've seen top teams go out in the first round. We We've seen an eighth seed go all the way to the Stanley Cup final and win. Look at Los Angeles in 2012. Look what they did. Um, so I think for the Panthers, stay on the track they have been going. If they stay on the ship, stay on the ship with all hands on deck. Um, it's going to be a fun rest of the uh, 11 games here for the rest of this season. A fun rest of uh, games home here at BMT Center. Hopefully the fans come out and because this team deserves the support of the fans to coming out. This team deserves to be playing in, in front of a full building. Um,
1: and, uh, and we'll see what happens down these, uh, final games. And an interesting game coming up, the one home game this week against Arizona Coyotes at the BB&T Center. Uh, That's a 7 o'clock start. Um, Interesting love. It's also Panther Conservation Night, which is, given where the Panthers are in the standings, it's also Panther Conservation Night on the ice, the team pushing for the playoffs. But uh, it's a great game to come out to. Uh, You're going to learn a lot about the Florida Panther, our namesake, um, an animal that's come back from being below 100 in the wild to now over 100 in the wild. Like the Panthers, the Florida Panther itself is making a big comeback thanks to the help of a lot of people, including the Florida Panthers organization, who actually, if you're driving. Down uh, alligator alley right now, you'll see two billboards by the Florida Panthers uh, in conjunction with Zoo Miami that kind of remind people to slow down a little bit because the number one killer of Florida Panthers, surprisingly, is actually motor vehicle accidents. So keep your eyes open if you're listening to territory talk right now on the uh, alligator alley. You know, turn it down a little bit, keep your eyes peeled, look for the Panthers. But uh, that's a big game, and like I said, one of only five home games remaining this season. But uh, we'll get to those games and more next week in episode four with the triumphant return of Doug Plagueins. Once again, we apologize. Keep the angry letters to a minimum. Doug Plagans will be back. But in the meantime, you can follow Doug Plagans on Twitter at Doug Plagans. You can follow Pete Rossi on Twitter at Pete rossi 21 and myself at Jameson Coop. Uh, once again, like to remind everyone you can also subscribe to this podcast if you, if you like it. We're three episodes in. We hope you like it. It's only going to get better from here on both Google Play, SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you feel you really, really like it, leave us a review. We always appreciate it. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA
2: Panthers on Twitter.